This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As the Phillies trail, the Braves one and a half games out of the NL East lead. They finish off the homestand and for the year right here against the Pirates. What a weekend. What a weekend. But let me start and flip pine tar for breakfast to a different level today. Number 20, the Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins. He's going to join me right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. In the air to left field, going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Francis sends everybody home. Ball there, coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pie Talk for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. And today is one of the coolest days that I could have as a podcaster, working as a color analyst for the Philadelphia Phillies. It's Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, who is at Citizens Bank Park, signing for his book, which you can get, which is blessed by the best, BrianDawkins.com. Pledging 50% of his net proceeds to the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation, helping people here in Philly. Uh, from someone that is very, 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 very passionate about baseball. Um, I watch this man from afar, from back in, in San Jose, California, with the utmost respect and love because this guy was not only talented, but he was everything that you want in a pro. And so for me to have him in here right now, to me, Ah, you can't get better than that. You can't get better than that. So let's talk. Let's do it. Let's bring him on. I mean, how do we start this? We go nine-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. We go four-time All-Pro. That's okay, I guess. You know, it should have been more. So I'm not really excited about that. But 2018, Hall of Fame member. I mean, it's number 20. Yeah. It's Brian Doc. Yeah. Doc, what's up? Blessed, brother. Thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> I, you know what? You, you're here to sign um, at Citizens Bank Park on your book. Yes. Uh, blessed by the best. Yes. 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 You are the best. <laughs> <laughs> How do you Man. come up with that? So this is something that uh, I never, first of all, I never thought I would write a book. Yeah. I, I never. That's Did you write the whole thing? Yeah. So me and Michael Bradley. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, we co-wrote it. And, but I wrote it because I wanted it to sound like it came from me. Like we're sitting down having a conversation yeah. and I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. That's how the book is, is, is written. Now, Mike obviously, obviously did a great job with the flow of the book. Yeah. But I really wanted it to be me and you sitting down and me like telling you, hey, this is my life story, brother. This is what I went through. This is the pain. This is the hurt. This is how I saw it back then, but this is how I see it now. And this is how I began to see it along the way to help me develop a stronger mindset, right? So it, it teaches as it also kind of gives you some of the, the 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 ups and the downs and everything of my life. But blessed by the best came from the, the, point, the point of being blessed. The Lord has blessed me to have the opportunity to do it 
I've done. Yeah. We, we just talked about it. Playing the game of yeah. football, playing the game of baseball. Like, yeah. To play that, to have passion, to have talent in the first place, I'm, I've been blessed, right? Yeah. But it's also understanding that during my times of going through those down moments, I just so happened to, quote, unquote, have the best people to speak life into my situation at that moment. And I've had that along the way. And I believe that if we truly pay attention and we really look, when we fall into some of the deep places or dark places that we have, then there's this person that's just speaking different. Yeah. There's this person that's just speaking something that's a little like life to our situation. That's the best for us mm -hmm. in that situation. That's what it also talks about. So your best may not be my best. My best may not be your individualized. best. Individualized. But it's, that's right. It's yeah. individual. It's individual. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong. So I lost my brother uh, 17 years ago uh, this September. And um, I always say death is always, it's, it's always individual. Yeah. Because he was my brother. Mm -hmm. He wasn't your brother. He wasn't anyone else. And so you're not going to know what my relationship was. My, that, and, and so when you talk about that and like your passion and being, the, you know, about the best. Yes. That's the best. Like it's individualized. That's right. And that's how I put it in, in, into that perspective. Yes. But when you talk about writing that book, and I, growing up in the Bay Area, I told you that. I was a Niner fan. Ronnie Lott was my guy. Passion. But you're talking about this book, and, it, like, I know how you played. Yes. Like, I loved the way you played. You played with passion. Well, you wrote with passion. Yes. How easy was that, though? Like, I, I think that's because people go, oh, it's, it must be so hard to write a book. I'm like, not if you're passionate. If you're passionate about what you got, I, I just feel like it. It just goes. So, I w it was hard for me. It, we had to take out a lot of stuff, to be honest with you, because I, I was giving, perfect. I was giving so much, yeah, because it was so much coming out of me, and and I really wanted to be transparent about some of the things, literally like raw transparency. This is this is what it, I went through. This is how I took that thing. This is how it affected me. I really wanted to to let people know that. This individual that you see on game day that's living with that passion, that's playing with that passion, these are some of the things he had to go through in his life. And But I, I changed the go through to say grow through. These are the things that I've grown through yeah. in my life to make me and help me be that passionate cat. Yeah. So that passionate cat that I played the game with, I've taken that same passionate dude. He no longer plays football. Now he's doing what he's doing now, and that's – helping that's being inspirational speaker being a life coach health coach mindset coach type of individual and then being able to now show people how they can develop their own version of that life that passionate i'm gonna not ever let something keep me down person that's in every every one of us every one of us i love that i did you ever get you gave speeches in front of the teams yes. obvious but not not all the time. See, I didn't. But see, I, like I, I would, I would like, like you talking right now. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I want to go hit somebody. <laughs> and see, here's the thing. I'm literally, really more introverted than extroverted. I really am. So I was always to myself for the most part. Now, if something needed to be said and I felt that, then I would say something. I'm yeah. Not, but I, I wasn't the one talking all the time. So when those times that I did talk, to your point, like Catch was listening, yeah. right? And but you're passionate. That's why I, like, I get that feel like and, I'm and like here. The, and that's the thing, because the passion that flows through me once was sometimes anger. Mm -hmm. I was using sometimes pent up aggression, pent up frustration. 
And so you can use all of those as energy sources, right? You, you can. Oh, yeah. But when you understand the power and limitless potential that love has, so when I really began to care for my teammates, I didn't have to use that anger and that aggression no. and all that stuff like I used to because I cared about you so much. So I'm going to tell you 100% what I would tell myself, and I want to speak to you in such a way as to have you go out and play your absolute very best. So if I see you doing something that's going to hurt you, I'm going to let mm -hmm. you know that. You know why? Because I've met your wife. And I know that if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to hurt your chances of, of, of having a great relationship with her, and that's going to hurt your son. So now I'm speaking from a place of love. That's where this passion mm -hmm. also comes from, right? Yeah. So that's, that's oh, that thing. I that's that it. thing. And, it's, and it's, it's hard to elaborate or really talk about this sometimes. Um, even in the book, I didn't go into the depths I just went yeah. to. But that's, that's me. Yeah. Like, that's me. That's me. <sighs> Uh, you can purchase those books, BrianDawkins.com, right? And then uh, anywhere else? You got me going deep, bro. I know, I love Woo! it. No, because I'm going to go on this. But uh, half of the, the, the proceeds are going to yes. uh, the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation, which helps all of Philly, people in Philly that you know are, are, are needing the help. Um, how much – I don't want to like sit and make it say, like, that's why you did it. This is because we, we heard why you did it. But, like, having the Impact Foundation and, and being able to – continue where you grew right where you've talked about plenty of times like you grew into a man here like this this place in philadelphia how much did that have you know into wanting to i don't know if maybe more of the success of the book because you know you want to give that much more back yes yes so when i grew up in jacksonville florida i didn't have a vision outside of my neighborhood for a long time and if I, if I had never gotten a vision of what is possible outside of my neighborhood, I would have ended up like some of my friends who aren't living today, today right? Yep. But because I was able to grasp a vision outside of my neighborhood, something I wanted outside of the neighborhood, and I actually saw that there's life outside of my neighborhood, <laughs> right? Yeah. I began to pursue something that kept me out of some of the harm's way that my friends were basically going full speed into. Right. Yep. And so if I can now from where the place that I stand and sit and live, reach back and then allow people, individuals that are growing up in similar or even worse conditions than I grew up in to allow them to truly see what's possible for someone that's set in similar seats that they sit in. And they, I saw something different at that time. If they can begin to see hope, that's the powerful word. Yeah, hope. Hope. If they can begin to see hope, that leads them to that vision, mm -hmm. now they begin to separate themselves from things that would prevent them from reaching that vision. Mm -hmm. That's the power in this. Mm -hmm. So when you start having that effect on yeah. people, when you giving them the tools and the vision to then go after life, then things begin to just fall. They call this us, what is uh, serendipitous, right? Yep. Things begin to just fall, come to them because they've announced that this is what I'm going after and I'm not letting anything or anybody stop me. So all of a sudden, you begin to get people that want to help you yeah. reach the thing that you have made made plain to yourself because mm -hmm. you've written it down. That's the other thing I teach. Write it down. Write down. Don't, don't just think about it. Get it out of your head on paper. And now let's go from there. Let's go after mm -hmm. that thing. Well, that's amazing. All right. I want to go back on something you said uh, just a little bit ago about teammates and trusting teammates. Um, I think in baseball, uh, that's where I'll speak from. Um, my dad grew up a, a high school basketball coach, so I, you know, I know that locker room situation there, but it's high school. 
when you get in the professional level, there is a lot of individualism that we've talked about. Yeah. How did you trust the teammate? How did I trust him? So how did how did how the how the teammate gain trust from you? So my my even coming in here to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I never expected anyone to give me anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect well, even when I went from here to Denver, I didn't expect for them to, to be a leader just because I was a leader in Philadelphia. I had to earn that right. Mm-hmm. I had to earn the respect of those guys so that they know that I would never tell them or ask them to do anything that I was not either doing myself or, or am or going to do or would do. And they know what I they know I would do it. So now when I go out and I bust my behind in the a weight room, when I go out and do extra stuff. Not trying to look. I'm not looking for people to look at me. No, I'm just. I'm doing it because I want to be doggone better. But as I'm doing favorite. that, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, as I'm doing that, I'm earning the respect of these guys. Yeah, I'm earning that respect. So now I can reach back and I can look. You know, I can reach and say, Hey, man, if you want to go down that route, you can go down that route. But I'm suggesting you might want to try this going and doing it this way. But but because I'm busting my hump and they see that, they see I'm not fake. They see that I truly care about them. Now, they're willing to listen or even sometimes ask me questions. Hey, dog, what do you think about these type of things? Cool. And I can sit down and we can have a conversation. Mm. So that's what it's about. And so when you have that, that's a deeper respect. That's, that, that, that really transcends and goes into family. That's love. Like, that's truly my brother. Yeah. He, they, they know that, and especially like game time, they knew that I would literally <laughs> do anything to make a play, man. Like, and a lot of times, I my body was <laughs> hurting after the game because of it. But they knew that. They knew that. I know that there's another person that during that time was kind of, you guys resembled each other, two different sports. And it was Chase Utley and you. It was always the same things that talked about you guys. Chase did everything. Chase, Chase ran out every ball as hard as he could because he didn't take it for granted. He set the example of, you know, he did everything to win. Yeah. Right? He was going to do everything to win. And he, he was very – like, he would, he would keep his distance from you until he knew that you were in for every win. Yeah. You know? And then the other guy that's come up, and I loved him in college, and, and we're seeing it now, I'll bring it to the now, is Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, because that kid's got – I mean, we could talk about talent and all that stuff. There's, there's difference when there's a leadership yeah. skill. How much fun was it when you had guys just follow? Like, you knew that were on your back. and like, it, it wasn't even following you. They're right next to you. Yeah. And, you know, because you were setting that example. So I feel so, like he does that. Man, so at the, at the height of me playing, I went from, I went from necessarily competing mm-hmm. to creating. Mm-hmm. Like, I was creating something completely different. I was I was really me and Jim out not by myself. I, I don't take credit for this. This is take it all. Jim <laughs> uh, Emmett helped bring it out of me. Mm-hmm. Jim helped unleash it. What well, we were creating something completely different at the safety position. The safety position that you see today was invented by Jim Johnson. To be honest with you, in the beginning when he started, Slide using, nine. right? And so when you have that type of belief in what you're doing now. I'm going out knowing that you have I have guys looking at me. Yeah. I know that. And it's my job to make sure that I'm always doing things to help them improve themselves. Mm. So if by watching me will help you improve, I need to go extra. And that's what I always did. But that was me even before I, I got that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
before I got that. I, I When I was growing up, because I was one of the little kids in the neighborhood, I was always small. I always felt I had to outwork everybody. So that was already inbred in me to be that type of person. I always like to put it as like the a-hole. Like I, I, as a, I was tiny. Like I, I went into high school, I was 4'11", 110 pounds, mm. played football. I was like the little jack-in-the-box helmet out there, right? And then uh, my senior year, I was like 5'7", 130 pounds, and I had six guys go D1 as, as far as already signing. And I, and I hadn't signed yet, and I broke all the records at the high school and stuff. But it was like, I didn't care. I was going like, to I, I outwork you. And so when, when you say it, it's like, man, it can, it can happen. Because we get in so many uh, – I, I think there's like a final judgment on guys yeah. and kids so early now. You're yeah. like, let it grow. Like, you got to grow. Like, and, we all have to grow. And that's the crazy thing about – and I understand it. That's the recruiting and the five-star, yeah. the three-star. Listen, I literally – this is in the book. I literally – how I got to Clemson, and people don't really know this, right? How I got to Clemson was not because I was all this in the bag mm -hmm. of chips in high school. I got to Clemson because Clemson wanted my teammate at the time, Patrick Sapp, who was all he would have he would have been like a five star yeah. athlete quarterback, six four, two hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah. yeah, back then, right, <laughs> right. So they wanted him, and so yeah. basically, this is what he did. Long story short, he called them up to say, if I come to Clemson, Brian has to come with me. That's how I got to Clemson. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't. It was literally because they were taking the chance on me because they wanted him, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that. That's that principle. I didn't. I didn't know that then. Don't get me wrong. I didn't know that. I thought they wanted me back then. Nah. Hey, that's all good. But but <laughs> but, it, but it, it did make a difference though because regardless how of how I got my foot in the door, you just talked about my mindset. We just had the same. We had the same mindset. I'm gonna outwork any and everybody you put in front of me. That's just who I am. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm gonna go about it. Right. You gotta have talent. I mean, the one thing that I always got bugged with was like, "Oh, well, I worked everyone. My man be the most talented." I was like, "Man, you don't get to the big leagues to be if you're like if you're not talented." I'm sorry. Like, and I always like that was a that was a big like double bird for me when I played. Now, again, my my career was not yours, but it was mine. Yeah, and I'm proud of it Absolutely. because I, I I you know where I went from. Uh, when, when you look at it, I, I think the draft is something uh, everyone not a first rounder. Not a first rounder, yet a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Did that drive you every day, at well, all? Th that was a piece of it. So I, I've, I had so many logs on my fire that burned <laughs> from my passion, and that was one of them. Yeah, the fact that I was drafted the way that I see it, the first pick in the third round, with the talent and the things that I was blessed to do on the football field. If I was six one, mm -hmm. two fifteen, I would have gone in the first round, mm -hmm. no question. But because I was at the time like five, five, I think five eleven. And 188 pounds at the time, I went in the third, first pick of the third round. It was actually the second pick, um, last pick in the second round. But the way that I saw it, I was the first pick in the mm -hmm. third round because it was a compensation pick. Mm -hmm. So that's how I saw it. I, I, and so <laughs> my desire to make everybody who picked any other safety before me, like let them know that they made a mistake, especially Kansas City, that I wanted to make sure that my career lasted longer than those dudes, and I far outplayed them mm -hmm. by a huge margins, and that that was one of the things that that was one of the logs on my fire. Wow! Oh, I love it. No, because I mean, they're, they're, Draymond Green always would talk about it in the second round with the Warriors. Like he would name off every single player like that got drafted in front of him because like, he he was better than all of them in his mind. Yeah. Um, it, Football's one of those. You got to find those. It's not that that wouldn't even be a demon, but you you call it the log on the fire. Like, 
Uh, what were some other ones that were good that you like that you liked? Man, I, that you I, that I've you used, dug to all the time. I've used so many. The the one that the small that it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be me coming out of, of mm-hmm. Rains High School. It wasn't supposed to be me to make it in the NFL coming out of Jacksonville, Florida. It um, I would like a, like you talked about the small, the size. Yeah. Some people I had some people talking about my uh, my intellect or my my ability my inability to get grades when I got to Clemson. Um, like there were so many things that I continuously used to motivate me. Anytime that you start telling me what I can't do, that's another law. Thank you for that. Thank you. As soon as I hear it, oh, thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't like worry about it. I don't. It doesn't bother me. But as soon as you say it, it's like, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. Another law. Yeah. Another law. So that helps me in the weight room get that last rep at 315, mm-hmm. right? I'm pushing on the bench, 315. It helps me get that, that 12th rep at, at 315. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what you're saying. I never did 315. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, it, it, it's, it's stuff that, you, that fuels you every day. That I find like that it's my favorite thing to ask other athletes. Like, what fueled you? Yeah. Um, because there's 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 certain things with yourself. Like there's being great and talented, but then there's being passionate and taking it to that different level and being in, in like you were in love man, with football. Like you so you love football. Man, so I can't just narrow it down to any one thing that, that fueled me. Um because I did love the game of football and I respect the game of football. Yeah. I literally respect you talking about like a lot. Like I felt that it was my my duty, especially as I got out there a little bit and Jim came in and I began to really play at a high level. I felt it was my duty to forward the safety position, to make the safety position better off because I was played the safety position than before I got there. I felt that that was my duty. I felt it was my duty to earn as much as I could to have those cats jump me to make more. I felt that that was my duty. So these are some of the other things that, that, that I was really thinking about. I also felt that because I was playing the game the way that I was playing it with so much passion, with so much love, determination, and all those things, that I was also an example for any and everybody else who all also felt that they were overlooked, that they wasn't supposed to be the person. They can look at me and say, listen, look, look, look what happens when you're passionate. Look what happens when you outwork. And you said something earlier about you have to have talent. It's not just hard work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because here's the thing, though. Because we work the way we worked, I believe we brought more of our Bro, talent yeah. to the surface. Absolutely. To be shown and played with. Yeah. Had I just say I was an avatar, this is what my friend called it, Mm -hmm. an avatar, you know, someone that looks the part and always gets everything. Maybe I don't work as hard. Maybe I don't put those that hard work after practice to get some of that talent to come to the surface. Maybe I don't play as long as I did as 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 well as I did. I may have a good short season, Mm -hmm. but maybe I don't have that long season. Maybe in retirement now I'm more beat up because I was I wouldn't take care of my body. Like I was mm-hmm. when I was banging myself up, being small, <laughs> and having to do things after it to make sure I recover properly. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. I, it, it's crazy that you say that because I'm just thinking about like all the, the different things that go, you know you guys as football players go through. Is it's stupid. Like I, I, I <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like the, 
you could talk about the NFL and, and talking about your guys' health all the time because they, they play Thursday night games after you guys are still punch drunk from Sunday and, and, and what you guys do and put your body on the line. Uh, you did it for 16 years. Mm -hmm. 16. Well, I mean, technically you played, I mean, in college and then you go high school and all that stuff. So, I mean, like you played longer than that and you're yeah. going, man, like yeah. you're here. Yes. You know, and, and, and you had a Hall of Fame career. What's your favorite part of your career? Wow. The favorite part of my career was it was that Super Bowl run that year. That year was my favorite part. Um, a close second would have been the year we went, we lost to Tampa. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been the close second year. But that, that Super Bowl year run, it was literally how it wasn't, it wasn't that we were going to beat you. It was literally how much we were going to beat you by, mm -hmm. and how quick the start. Some of the starters would sit down in the fourth quarter. Like that's how that's how well we were playing for the most part yeah. this season. And we expected we expected to win. We knew we were going to win. We knew we we were um, going to make it to the Super Bowl. And it's, it's one thing to chew. Now we don't get me wrong. In those other four NFC Championship times, that three that we lost, we felt that then. Mm -hmm. But it was just a, it was just different. From like beginning of training camp, like you got there. Training camp. Once, once we got, once To or uh, um, Javon came and To came, like it was just like, oh, that's it. Like this, whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever. and I mean, like you know, To. I, I I grew up loving him too. You know, in San Francisco, and and, and knowing what he brought, it was like, damn. Like, yeah. He's going to that team. Like, come on. Like you guys. I mean, that that that's just like that fires everybody up when you get a guy like him and you're going, uh oh. That's all we yeah. need. That's all we yeah. need. And, and we and we and you kind of knew that, right, from the, yeah. the year before. Some of the things that happened with our receivers the, the year before. So we get a, a cat like that. And what Tio also brought is he brought that mentality to the to the receiver room, right? Mm -hmm. So now he's going. He's he's he can be the individual that can call out his brothers now mm -hmm. about if they're not going hard, if they're not doing things, or, they, or, or they're not. So he's he can help in that regard. So that's a mentality shift in a room that did not have that mentality. So that's another it's amazing. Thing. It's amazing to think like how, how <laughs> now you're going to say this because now, now it brings it up because not one guy on this team right here with the Phillies yeah. has a World Series ring, right? And you think about like the guys that don't have all that playoff experience and then you go, you can't take it for granted. I, I think it was your first year as you guys go to the playoffs and then you didn't make it for another four years, something yep. like that. Yep. Did you ever at some point go, Man, I, I, I'm not saying you ever took it for granted, but like that first play, playoff experience, you're like, oh, I'll be here again. And it took four more years. Yeah, man, I was I was into the other stuff so heavily, like it didn't really register. Yeah, because I was doing that's that's also when I was going through the depression, and mm -hmm. so I was fighting another battle, you know, right around yep. that same time. So it really did not register what was truly happening. Now, I was don't get me wrong, I was excited about no, 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 I get, playoffs, I, all that stuff mm -hmm. and. But the pressure and all the things that I wasn't handling the handling the right way was affecting me really heavily in a, mm -hmm. in a deep dark place. And I went during that time into that off season. And so after that, obviously, you can kind of see the wheels kind of start falling off with with with, with Ray and uh, what was happening there. But here's the thing: I also was growing as a player, even though we yeah. were losing. I was growing as a player and as a person because of image tutelage, because he kept poking me and kept pushing me mm. to see more than I was seeing for myself. 
crazy because I mean, you always go back to coaches, right? Like in your life, whether it's high school, whether I mean, you could go even farther back than that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the guys that you struggle with in in the big leagues or in the NFL that continue to push and know, and it's not like the I don't know. Those last so long. Those guys in in my mind, like the ones that I I struggle with, you know, in San Francisco, my first couple years in playing. I remember every one of them. Yeah. Because I knew they were trying to push and they're trying to make you better. Like, don't look at this as like, yeah, you're losing right now, but that, that, that's not how it can't, it doesn't have to be like this and, and, and going forward with it. And, 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 and it's the two things. It's the, what are you learning while you're going through this season? Because everything for, for my favorite book tells us that for everything, there is a season. So when you're going through that dark place, it's just for a season. You're not going to last. You're not going to live here, excuse me, unless you choose to. Yeah. You, you're not going to live in that season if you, unless you develop the mindset and the bad habits to stay in that season mentally. That's the only way it'll, it'll last and linger around. But it's really just to teach you something in the moment. And that's why to have those individuals you're speaking of, yeah. to speak into that, mm-hmm. to speak, yeah, you did that. Yes, you did that. Uh, you lost that. But do you see you did this well? Do, do you mm-hmm. not see how you did this? To help you get off the f- this, these are the things. Okay, no, but this is the thing you actually did. Don't you not do? You, do you not see that? Yeah. Or if you do have a good measure of success, they're saying that's no, no, yeah. that's no, no. You could have had that. <laughs> this is what you could have had mm-hmm. if you would have gone and did this. This is what this is what you should be going after. Yeah. So he doesn't basically. Emmett was not letting me settle for good. Cool. He wanted me to go for great. And he kept pushing me to go for great. I couldn't see great. I had to believe what he saw in me mm-hmm. until I can grab the vision for myself. And once that second year into that third year, and when they left, I had the vision. Mm. I knew what he saw in me. I knew what he saw in me. And I began to play that way. So when then Jim got me as a player, yeah. he got again, he had a, he has now someone who was confident, who's passionate, who's a leader. Um, leads by example, and then someone who was willing to do whatever it took to be the best at what I did. And like Wolverine said, I was the best at what I did, but what I did was not nice. Yeah, no. It, it no, was not But nice. you didn't have to be. You didn't play a sport that you, you want to be nice. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Like, that's <laughs> the one thing. It's like, man, we see it too much now, like the, 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 the fraternizing in, in all sports, I can't, right? Like, come on now. I mean, to, to each his own. I just couldn't do it. You, my friend, that week, but excuse me, before that week, the week of the game, I'm not calling you. I'm not talking. That's just, this is just me now. I'm For not, sure. I'm not texting you. I'm, none of that stuff, right? If, if you were the captain and we're the captain before the game, I'm going to dap you up and I'm going to say something like, you know, stay healthy. I'm not going to say good luck. No, none of that. No good luck. No, none of that. Yeah, but he didn't know your eyes right then, too, because you yeah, had the visor I going got the on. Visor on. <laughs> right, right. But I'm, I'm sick, like that. Serious. That's, that's, that was me. That's the way yeah. that I approached it. Like that week, you got the wrong, you got the wrong jersey on, Jack. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. This has been, <laughs> oh, it, this fires me up. BrianDawkins.com. You can purchase this book. Half the proceeds going to Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. Uh, you, my friend, are, are incredible. I'm, I'm pumped that you got to do this. But, man, from a, a, an NFL, like loving the NFL and someone that loves passion about people that love passion about sports, yeah, man. 
You brought everything. No, I, and I, and loved I appreciate it. that. I loved it, brother. Well, thank I you. Loved I loved it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Wow, the passion runs deep in that man, and uh, I have goosebumps right now talking to him. I want to run through a wall. But Brian Dawkins is the absolute man. It's amazing to think that you know two of the best in their sport of all time came here from Philadelphia, Mike Schmidt and Brian Dawkins, both who wore the number 20. Not coincidental. I, I, I don't believe that's coincidence. I just think that, that it's people up there thinking, you know what, we got two – very blessed individuals that we need to have uh, wear this number. It just represent the city as well as they did. So for me, uh, I can't thank Brian Dawkins enough for coming here and coming on Pine Tar for breakfast. BrianDawkins.com. You can purchase that book with or without the signature. Either or. It's about his life and passion. So go out, purchase it. 50% of the proceeds are going to be benefiting the uh, Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation, helping people here in Philly. Uh, one of the most passionate human beings I've ever met in my life. I, I cannot reiterate that enough. Um, and just very, very, very lucky that a guy like that would want to talk to a guy like me and share that passion. Until next time, peace. Kevin Fritz is out of here. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.